Good morning. Um, at least it's morning where I am while recording this intro for the next episode of the podcast, A Conversation with Johnson Serda, a very good friend of mine. Met him at COP21, I think. Yes, but the funny thing is, is that we've both been attending meetings of the Purim Forum on Indigenous issues like way before that, but only got to meet uh, each other at, or work with each other at COP21 and have been working on climate issues ever since. He's an Indigenous um, Kichwa to be exact. I learned the correct pronunciation of that word. Um, he's from the Amazon um, in Ecuador, worked with a lot of indigenous organizations in Ecuador and also some regional organizations in the Amazon region. He was, I think, yeah, he was co-director of the Amazon Alliance and works, works a lot with the community on climate change, biodiversity and protected areas. What else does he do? Like he has, a, he has a lot of things. He is a guy with many talents. Um, what people nowadays see is, actually not is, but are his videos that he posts on Facebook, on his own Facebook page, documenting the interviews that he has with indigenous representatives that participate in environment-related meetings, which is very good because it, it gives an insight to both Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples to what's going on. Um, and he's able to ask questions so that other people that are, that are not intimate with the work can understand what's going on. And I think what he uh, broadcasts or shares on his Facebook page in terms of the, the videos, which we call... Good morning, Johnson. Is actually also like I think it's also inspired me to do the podcast as well. So I definitely want to thank Johnson for doing the videos because it's yeah. Because if he didn't do the videos, then I might not have started doing the podcasts. Um, he works with Conservation International right now, um, but still does a lot of community work does a lot of work in the region, is often regarded as a legal advisor to the Indian peoples of Latin America when it comes to climate issues. What else does he do? He does a lot of things. But the interesting part is, is that we all see him asking questions to other people uh, in his videos. Uh, we all see him very silent because he's very observant and very critical in meetings, so he's not doesn't say a lot, but when he when he says something, it's almost always uh, very important. But we don't get to see like the person behind the the legal advisor, the legal expert. So that's why I think it was was very interesting to sit down with him, even if it was only for like an hour or so during lunch between meetings. That's what I remember. And just like to have a conversation about stuff that he wanted to talk about. So there's a lot of interesting things and insights into the person, Johnson Serda, in the next episode of the podcast. Please, if you, if you like the 
podcast. If you, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you like it, please reach out to Johnson on social. I'll add his Twitter account in the show notes and let him know what you think. This is the Go Maluku Podcast. Explain to me the difference between Kichwa and Kichwa. Well, in the... the, the um, well, the, the, the people is comes from the Inca Empire, right? And we speak the language is Quechua, and Quechua in some places in Peru, uh, Bolivia, and the South they say Quechua with a e, and in Ecuador we use the I, Quechua, because in the um, the language that, that we use there we don't have that vowel, we don't have uh, e. And we don't have O, so we have the rest, but not those two. Okay. So for, the, for that reason, it's impossible for us to say Quechua. That's why when somebody says Quechua, we know immediately they are from the south, you know, from okay. Peru, Bolivia, or somewhere else, but not from Ecuador. Yeah, only only that. Then then we understand each other. You know the pronunciation. Well, it's entire. Um, we understand everything. The only thing is sometimes we laugh because the pronunciation is a little bit different because they are from different. Right. Places, right? Reducing your but we understand <laughs> each other. Yeah, that's the difference. No, that's the difference. You know, no, that's the difference. Yeah. But the culture is the same. Same group. The yeah, Inca, so, so it's not Inca like group. If I, if I would say uh-huh. one or the other, then I would, that would no, it's offend fine. you? Well, no. Went to Russia for but I know that we are, where, did, did, where did you learn that? You know, if you say Quechua, so you have friends from the South. So that's why you are saying that. But if you say Quechua, I understand that you, you have friends in, in Ecuador. And that's why you are saying that. Quechua. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Johnson Serta Kichwa. Kichwa. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Tell me, man, where are you from? Um, I'm from the Ecuadorian Amazon. The place is called Limoncocha. It's the rainforest. Um, it is 200 meters up to sea level. And the rainforest is humid, rains like always. And yeah, I'm born in the jungle. So, um, eating fish, watching birds. Uh, catching some like alligators there, the caiman, the black caiman, you know, living in, actually, um, talking to some friends, I've said that, um, I should be, no, it's okay, I think, uh, you know, uh, I've been in touch of the wildlife, like, every day, and it seems like I had to study um, biology because I know the biodiversity. Like I've been in touch like every day, every minute because I've been living in the community. So that is the place where I come from. So that's why I'm really connected with the nature, with the forest. And actually, in during my my time in my community, I used to go for fishing when I was eight years old to the 17 when I went to the university. So those years, I've been like every day in the in the lake for fishing. That was part of my roles in my house. I had to bring something for uh, some food for a family. So every day, I used to bring uh, like a, a couple pounds or ten pounds of fish for the family. And not only for my family, I used to get a little bit more 
and then I used to put in the, you know, hiding somewhere for some families that in that moment they they were with not uh, their husbands in the community because they used to go to work some, you know, far away and alone in, in there. So I used to hide something for them and then used to go to pick up, pick up that. And my mother used to say, why are you doing that? I said, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm doing that because they, they, they want to eat something also. So it was something I did from when I was a kid there in the community. So I come from the rainforest. That's the thing. Kichwa people, um, Kichwa families, only there, living there. Well connected with nature. And in my community so far, most of the population is, you know, Kichwa. We don't have uh, other... If, if a guy, non-indigenous, marry a, a lady from the community, they should go to live somewhere else, not in the community. Mm -hmm. They are not allowed to live there. But in the other way, yes. If they bring a, a girl from outside, it's okay, they can live there. And that's part of the customary um, uh, yeah, rules that we have in, in the community. And we are still there, growing. The language is with everyone since kids. Really? Yeah. In my time, in my time we had, uh, um, yeah, years ago we had problems there because, you know, that due to the discrimination, uh, the families used to ask the kids, hey, you, you should learn first Spanish and then speak our language. That was in the past. So in my case, I, uh, yeah, I started learning uh, my own language, but then Spanish, because I, I had the, like three, four years that I went to Quito when I was really kid at the capital of Ecuador. And then I learned Spanish there, and back in the community I had to learn the, the language again. So, well, that's why also I, I feel like I speak okay the Spanish because I learned when I was really kid, you know, four years old. So I went to the city to learn that. Because the structure of the language is completely different in, in Quechua than in Spanish. So sometimes you, if you want to translate literally, it's in reverse, for instance. Um, White House uh, in, in, in Spanish is uh, Casablanca, right? It's the, the yeah. other way, but, but in Spanish. But in Quechua, it's the same way as in English. We use the same thing, Uraguas, right? It's White House. Mm -hmm. So the structure Quechua and Spanish is completely different, so that's why most of the Quechua people, when they speak Spanish, they don't follow the structure of the Spanish, and they speak mixed, and that's very characteristic of, of the indigenous peoples because of the structure. And sometimes in the city, they, the people laugh because of that, but they don't understand is that, you know, the confusion of the structure brings to people to say things in a, not wrong way, but, you know, using, you know, wrong structure. But that's the way it is, yeah. So you, you work a lot for your, so what I'm seeing um, on Facebook and, and Twitter, you do a lot of outreach for your, for your community. Yeah, yeah. How come? Um, in, well, my, fa my father was a um, community chief leader, and he was also a teacher, and he was everything there. And, and I used to be close to him and help him to draft his uh, documents to send to the authorities, to the companies, to whoever. And, and 
since then, well, I was committed because, you know, working with him in those issues, I learned a lot. And then when I went to the university after graduating, uh, I was invited to work in one of the um, uh, regional organizations that we have in Ecuador, it's called CONFINEI. It represents the indigenous peoples of the Amazon, in Ecuador only. And actually, after graduating, I was going to work in, I was working in a high, uh, school, and my plan wasn't like to work mostly with indigenous organizations because at that time, they were protesting for everything. I didn't like that. I said, why are you know, protesting for everything? I didn't like much that. So I was about to take a different direction. But one of the leaders who was actually the, the principal of my high school, he was working in this organization, he invited me and he said, hey, would you like to work with, with me in Confidential? Yeah, I started working with him. So I, then I was for working with them for about five years. And my role was to organize meetings with ministers and, and uh, government authorities in the country because I was working based in Quito to help them and organizing meetings with the, you know, the president of Confinei and with the leaders of the organization. So then I learned, I, I, I mean, I, I knew a lot of, you know, um, um, what do you call that, skills to deal with the ministers or organize meetings with them. And yeah, so I got a lot of experience there in the city. And then after five years, I was invited to work in the, an office of indigenous affairs in the presidency of Ecuador. They had an office there under the, you know, the presidency uh, on indigenous issues. So I went to work there also with uh, a friend who is Luis Felipe Duchisela. He was kind of minister there and I was his assistant, so I worked with, with him. Then when he left, I was a little bit longer there. And, and then went to work with another organization there. But the international work, I started with COICA, actually. You know, the colleagues from the Amazon, the Amazon Basin? I started with them. That's why they said that you are a member of our house. You don't have to be doing, uh, you know, things not related to COICA. You should help us. That's true, because I'm part of the organization. And, and they nominated me to work in, in Washington, D.C., in, in an alliance that they had with NGOs. It was called Amazon Alliance for Indigenous Peoples and Tribal Peoples from the Amazon, something like that. And I worked there for five years. And we started in that time, in 2000, organizing the first meeting on climate change in Quito, inviting people from Africa, Asia, and Latin America to discuss the effects of climate change then. And then we nominated people to go to, to come to Bonn to explore opportunities for uh, indigenous people's participation in the, in the negotiations. Because we have a discussion, we knew about the, the, this convention, and then we sent one of the colleagues is um, um, from, from Kunayala, not the guys who are coming out, different one. And, and he came and he uh, sent a report saying that, yeah, there, there are opportunities to do something here, so we should, uh, we should participate. And then we came to Lyon in France for the first time ever, indigenous caucus we had with all the members from Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And we started then, in, in Lyon, in 2000. 
And after that, every year, right? So I've been involved since then, organizing the interpretation, organizing the hotels, organizing the meeting, the, the, the caucus, paying for the conference room and all of that. So I think uh, I was with the organization for about five years, supporting the, the global caucus. And after that, I left that organization, went back to Ecuador a couple of years, but still I was engaged with that process because by then the organization, indigenous organization, they were having their own, uh, not own funding, but you know, the support from different other organizations. So that was great. And, and then I joined again to this process. Then I started to work with the, with, with the, um, um, Conservation International, focus on indigenous issues, like indigenous advisor. So when I went there, they said, well, you continue doing the work you are doing, but try to support us in, in our work as CI and teach us you know, things about the indigenous issues. So that's why I joined there. It's been a good experience working with, with, with CI there. So that's why I've been engaged and committed because my relation in the community with the nature, the experience with my father, the learning process, working always on indigenous issues. So I'm committed. So if I'm uh, uh, if I'm not working paid by any organization, I'll, I'll be doing the same thing. Right. Because I'm committed. So that's part of my life at this point. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, it was actually my mom that um, got me into this. Oh, your mom. Yeah, not not into this. Yeah, my mother, not into this work. I wouldn't call it work. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, how would you describe it? Like passion, mission, yeah. like what we do, right? Yeah. And yeah, she was the one that introduced me to this work for when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. yeah, obviously it developed over time. And to, to such a sign that you're not, for me, you're not only looking after the, your own indigenous peoples, mm -hmm. But in these peoples at large, you have like a, a view of like we can achieve so much. I mean, yeah. you, like you have a dream, and like, mm. like you send goals for yourself, and not just for these peoples, not for the Alifuru people, which I'm yeah. a part of, affiliated to, but for these peoples at large. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> you know what? Maybe you have faced this problem. One of the problems in this world or commitment that we have is that um, sometimes people criticize that you don't represent because you are not elected to speak in, in one place or in another. And I, I, I've been in those you know, moments when uh, people uh, said that, you know, you are not representing anyone. Why are you saying something there? You are indigenous. You come from a community. You understand the situation. and and and. Always I've been trying to bring people, if, if we have funding, you know, to bring to speak. If they are, they are not here, I'm indigenous, I can speak, I take the floor and I can speak. I don't, I don't care if I represent or not, I don't represent, but as long as I take the key points, the key message that we have as indigenous, because we know already what, what is our key message. So if we take that and we deliver that, that's good for the movement. But sometimes you have people saying, ah, you don't represent I, 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 I had to be there. <laughs> so, I have faced that. Uh, there was one time, I think, in the, the colleagues that, you know, I, they are also here uh, in, in Bosnia. And I was in a meeting and they said, no, we represent the, the whole Amazon, you don't have to say anything. 
we are we have the word and nobody else should say anything about the Amazon. So I didn't want, you know, also I don't like to be fighting with people. If it's okay, it's okay. That's a situation that happened just that moment. And then after a year, it's gone. Right. And even sometimes they are not coming back again. Mm -hmm. But I respect that. I don't, I, I'm the person that I don't like to fight. I don't know, you sometimes, you're a little bit... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like I like to fight. <laughs> <laughs> not fight, but sometimes you are frustrated with that. I leave things there, okay? It's okay, I will take then later over the situation, but not now. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I remember what you said, like I've, I've been accused mm -hmm. a lot of times, like, uh, well, you, can, you cannot uh, represent your own indigenous peoples or mm. you cannot represent the indigenous peoples of the Pacific mm. um, merely because I do not live on the islands. Mm -hmm. uh, I live, I live mm. in Holland, I live in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. um, not by choice, at least uh, historically. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't make me less indigenous. Yeah. You know, that make, doesn't make me less uh, love um, fighting for the rights of indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that I remember several years ago that really frustrated me when it was it was really I was attacked mm -hmm. over e by emails but people oh, that yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah. know yeah. like I yeah. didn't even know them they don't know me but like something gets put out on the email and they believe it and they said well you're you're an agent of genocide or, oh. or you're a CNA, CIA agent mm. And the only thing mm. you want to do is That's to right. fight they, for an They told me also I'm on that CIA operator. Oh, they told you? Yeah, you yeah, that as well. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we are. I don't know. <laughs> no, but that, yes, it, it, it really frustrated me. Not, yeah. yeah, maybe frustrated <clears throat> could be um, in, in, in the past, right? And right now, like, I... I want to show them, or not show them, but show people uh, my intentions by doing the work. Yeah. You know, and that's the only only thing that I know how to do. Then they give. Then the people, you know, these guys using you, they give up because they see that you are doing things that is benefiting to everyone. Do they? I don't. I don't know. Like, like, do do people that that really claim that you were not representing people like? Do they see it? Like it's like. Well, I have a, I have like two two guys that have done this, and one of them he um, introduced me to friends, saying that hey, this is a leader. He's always going there. I said, what? You used to say you know things against me, accusing me, and now you are saying that. I don't trust again this guy, but at least you know he introduced me people like that. I'm okay. I, I, I don't care if, if he says that or not, but I know that I'm doing the work, the, yes. the work we need to do. That's it. So I feel comfortable. And it, it is, uh, at least for me, uh, and I'd like to hear your view on this. For me, it's such a warm bath going to like meetings in Bonn or, mm. well, let's, well, we're, we're, Working together now on mm. climate change, so mm. like let, let, let's focus on Bond. Mm. Every time I pack my bags for Bond, mm -hmm. I look forward to like like connecting back mm. with, with the people that we that we work with because because mm. it's like such a warm bath mm -hmm. because we we like to do the work. We run around the convention center, yeah. 
meeting to meeting, it's almost like you don't have to go into a fight again. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to go into that confrontation. Mm -hmm. We all know our our struggles. We all know where we come from, and and we can have like honest uh, honest conversation uh, about work. And yep. um, that is something that I the, the biggest part, biggest thing I look forward to when I go to meetings mm -hmm. like climate change, uh, mm -hmm. whether it is Bonn or whatever cop conference or parties takes us. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no yeah, you're right. Um, but I have some frustrations also when when we go uh, for meetings because from the hundred people that participate in a conference, just ten of them are working. Then the rest, they are, I don't know if they are, if they are learning. Some are visiting places and and they don't work. I've seen only ten people reading making notes, going to meetings, reporting back, and then the rest, I don't know if they need some support or, or that or what, but that be, that's been my observation with some of, of the leaders. Yeah, I understand the people from Latin America that they don't speak Spanish, they don't speak English. It's for them very difficult, I understand that. But then you have other people that they do understand, but they are not, you know, in, in meetings trying to go there or, for the meetings and that's something I don't know how we can change mm -hmm. you know what I have decided to do for instance to people that come I take one by one I explain exactly what is happening here because sometimes in the meeting they are shy and they don't want to ask anything so I explain everything what's going on and then if they have question I, I said okay just let, let me know if you don't know uh, if you have a question later let me know because I want you to understand, because I recognize you are a leader, and you have to go back and explain. If you don't understand, you're going to send a wrong message. Mm -hmm. So I did today with um, the guy from Colombia, you know. He has been the, the whole time in the, in the meetings, and the translator is translating to Portuguese, but he's there <laughs> listening. That he, I asked him if he understands, and he said, yeah, yeah, I understand. But then I checked with him, he, he wasn't understanding. So I went over on the platform. From the beginning, there was decided here, question, okay, next. So I took like 45 minutes, it took 45 minutes to explain to him what is the status and what we are expecting here according to the, the group. And then he started saying that, oh, I, I like to see this and that. So, you know, that is something that I decided to, to do because I see that most of the people um, uh, don't understand the process and they are not finding information as we do. And uh, yeah, trying to support the group, right? Right. I don't know if you have seen people like that. I've seen not only in this process, in other process I've seen people going just for, maybe for fun, but not to do that work. I've seen not only in climate change, mm -hmm. but in many different meetings, um, whatever work takes me, of, like you said, of, let's say, 100, 100 people that show up at a caucus mm -hmm. meeting at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, like yeah. you, you can, like most of it, that they, they're there, don't know what's going on, yeah. and only a handful of people know what's going on, mm -hmm. and actually engage in all the meetings. Yeah. You know? and and you you notice start to notice that in in the conversations that we're having, um, that the decision if decisions that are being made, it's only like a few people that that engage, um, and it's 
it's like you say, like you said, it's an observation, but it's also like a frustration. Yeah. Because we can do so much. We can do so much. If we have 100 people every day at a caucus meeting, so mm-hmm. a coordination meeting of Indonesian peoples, we can like divide ourselves, yeah. organize ourselves, and like make such an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, so which makes me wonder whether the um, a caucus or a coordination meeting, or at least the, the morning meeting that, that we always engage in, like, is it shouldn't should it be more about educating people, building their capacities mm-hmm. on like how to engage in the climate change arena? Because mm-hmm. like this climate change, like the UNF Triple C is different from Permanent yeah. Forum on the yeah. issue. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Um, yet people show up. Like they invest, like it's it's an mm. investment. They, yeah, it is. They 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 um, buy their plane tickets and two weeks in Bonn or in Katowice, Poland, mm-hmm. or next uh, next session will be in Chile. Mm-hmm. They spend so much money, but it would be a waste of money if you just sit there in the morning yeah. and just walk around town because mm-hmm. you don't know what what to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering that, like having this conversation. Are we, as a movement, or as a caucus, doing the right thing by just doing what we do, what we're doing right now, just by having coordination meeting, or should we be focusing more on capacity building? Yeah, we need to do that. I, I think we need to do that. But um, usually, the way how we've been doing this is um, preparation, previous pre meeting, right? Right. So a couple of days talking about the issues, but also that is very general. So if we do one by one, you take you choose one one, and then we help them to, um, or maybe what what we are doing if we do that? We are what do you call that in English? Um, mentoring. Mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. I think it would be very helpful for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Um, because not a lot of these people that show up mm-hmm. want to do the work. Don't get me wrong; they mm-hmm. want to do the work, mm-hmm. uh, but don't know how. Mm-hmm. And maybe because we are so far experienced or mm-hmm. advanced that it might be intimidating for them. Yeah. To like to ask us to like, all right, can you please slow down yeah. and go to the very basic? What is Unitable C? Things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, whereas like mentorship might help. I tried it a little bit and I hope it worked um, with um, the Maori crew, the yeah. Maori youth mm. that, that came oh, in, yeah. in, in Poland. Because yeah. um, India Logan Riley, she, she, she brought them in and she, she tried to already tried to um, prepare them, but mm-hmm. nothing can prepare you adequately yeah, yeah, yeah. for COP. Because exactly. <laughs> that's a, 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 a ant farm, that's a chaos, it's everything combined. Yeah. And so, and a lot of people come coming with high hopes. Yes. You know, and it's, it's... As you said, they invest a lot to come here. It's, yeah. not, it's not easy, it's not just... It, it, that's why if we provide that with the right information to these people, mentoring them, I think that, that, that's going to be successful. We should do that. Yeah. What we have done up to now is just have a group uh, training and presentation, presentations, and we don't know if they are, uh, they are understanding, but we do that. But we are not doing one-to-one. One, one one. 
I think we should do more than more that. And then, you know, a uh, couple of people uh, uh, with you or with another colleague that no understand the process in order to feed them with information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we do uh, here, you know, that by topics. Okay, uh, Substack sub or Red Plus, we have those groups, but uh, most of the people, they, they don't participate. They come for a meeting just to listen what, what, what is going on, that's it. But they are not engaged doing something. But if you have one or two people to do that, to help them with information, I think that would be better. Right. Well, anyway, so, yeah. No, yeah. So yeah. that's my observation. I, I, th I think you, I, I think you're onto something. Um, because me personally, I, I'm better at mentoring. Mm -hmm. Or it's like if people, if someone would, I wouldn't call it follow me, but mm -hmm. like like walk with me, mm -hmm. to, and work, do the work that I do, mm -hmm. and I, I can check with them. All right, yeah. hey, this is what's going on. Explain it to them. It's difficult for me to like write a manual. Yeah. Or. Yeah. Um, like do a video or whatever, you know. It's I'm, I'm more about a hands-on thing. A lady from Colombia came last year to Bonn, and and she told me, she asked me, Johnson, I've seen you on Facebook, and can you help me to understand what's going on here? So, yeah, we met the, in that side of the the city, um, close to the river, and I explained here about that, and then. In the group, we decided to ask her to make a presentation or, or you know, take the floor in, in the meetings. And she was preparing, you know, the day before, reading and, and trying to understand and, and then delivering the message. And then she's, she's saying that, you know, being here and having the support of the people, it was amazing thing. And now she understands the process, what's going on here. So if, that's why I'm saying if we do that, that helps. That helps a lot because she goes back to the community or to wherever they are working, um, and they they can share the information. Right, it's the best way to do. Anyway, yeah, that's one of the ways we have to continue here. Would you like me to bring another one? Um, yes, please. Thank you so much. Um, related to that, that's that's something that I've been. I've been thinking about it for a very long time. I'll, every time I get to ask that question, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people that like they follow, what well, people follow you on Facebook, Twitter, mm -hmm. and from time to time you get to meet them in person. Yeah. Or people that you don't know, but watch your videos, and which are inspirational and very informative. Like mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like it's they're amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think everybody should watch them. Like everybody, that, everyone that's interested in climate change and the work that it needs people to do on the international level, they should watch your videos. Um, this is <laughs> just to <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm plugging your your, your show. <laughs> um, that um, now I lost my train of thought. Seriously, hmm. no, but it, it's yeah. The question that I have. It's like, how do you explain to someone what we do? Okay. To like someone that's new into this. Yeah, two things. You were talking about, first of all, um, the people that see our, our Twitter, face, Facebook, and sometimes they contact us for more information. I send to them information. I send them to emails and links, 
whatever they need. And, but mostly, you know, students, uh, they are doing their master somewhere on this. They contact me a lot based on this. Yes, from my, my, my own people in the country or in the region, they do. But mostly these uh, students, they come to ask things. Well, it's useful also for that. Mm. And the questions that I have, even for my brothers, okay. my brothers, um, just two weeks ago or last week, one of my younger brothers said, Johnson, please again, what exactly you do and where you work? <laughs> yeah, I can so relate to be that. Yeah, because somebody is asking me uh, about you, so I don't know how to explain. I told them that I think he worked in the United Nations mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. or World Bank, but I don't know. I said, I, I talked to you guys the last time about my work. I said, ah, please t let me know again. So what I do is I explain that. Um, uh, I did once in, the, um, in, in my community high school because I was invited to speak there to inspire okay. the kids. And, and I told them that I'm talking, um, I'm, I'm participating in the international meetings to talk about the issues you are learning here and also the issues about you live every day here. Those are the issues we are talking there. That's why you need to focus on what you are doing here in the, in the school. Because when we are talking about, you know, uh, reducing emissions, we are talking about something that you have learned in the school. When we are talking about environment, when they are talking about uh, biodiversity, it's something that you see every day here in the lake. Mm -hmm. I learned that. So when I, when I'm invited to speak in those meetings, I only think I'm in my community and my life, and then I don't have to prepare anything because I already experienced that. Right. So first of all, I go like that to them to explain how it is related to what we 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 have and what we do in the community, and and then I said that um, what we do is trying to share the. Um, information that is produced here well we try to influence based on what we know in, in in the communities and then share the information that is produced here to the communities and why you travel so so much you go to africa asia what language do you speak there as a way i speak in english and what do you do there so do you uh, go a community and you speak there no i said no we organize meetings there and people are willing to understand about the climate change. They come and we explain them about this. So that's what we do. That's why we travel. And they say, why they pay for you know someone to go and explain about that? I say, well, that's the work we are doing. So I have to explain like that. So trying to, um, uh, I explain the community that it's important to be connected with with nature. Otherwise, you have to read books because. You also find people here that talk about about um, biodiversity. Even they never been in the biodiversity area because they've been reading books. Mm -hmm. And you have most of the people that only read books and then try to say something. But you guys are connected with nature. You you should speak more than them. So it's easy. Just think on on how connected you need to be in the, with the community, and then the life's gonna be easy for them. It's the way that I explain. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like, it's, it's um, I have a lot of friends that they, they see me, my, my posts on Instagram, Facebook, and 
So when they talk about, when I talk to them sometimes, they're like, oh, yeah, so you work for NATO. Oh. <laughs> you know, or, or you work for the UN, right? Or uh, UNICEF, or um, so. <clears throat> I find it very difficult. I do want to explain, mm -hmm. but I always try to find a way to explain it so they can understand it. Mm -hmm. Which is maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I don't know. Um, so I always scale down to the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. So when they say like, so what do you do actually? And I just, I just sense i just feel that like they don't want to think too difficult about it mm -hmm. so i so i'm like yeah well i work in the united nations mm -hmm. like i don't work for the united nations but yeah. i work in the united nations yeah. and uh, but that it registers with them like yeah he works for the un yeah <laughs> you know? so that's not the right way to do it so that's i'm 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 fascinated by by how other uh people like yourself and how how they, how they explain it to 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 not only friends but also family. Mm -hmm. Like I have my uh, one of the my biggest things that I, I that I experienced this year at the at the international level was the surprise visit of my family in New York while I was at the mm -hmm. Forum. Mm -hmm. um, at, at some point they were like, "Hey, we're in front of the UN. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's have lunch." And I was um, by acting was in a meeting with with one of the uh, representatives, Micronesia. And he said, "Well, we can we can get him in." So then then we let them. Well, yeah. yeah so he, um, then I gave them their day passes, you know, and we walked through the UN. Yeah. And I showed like where where I work. I work, you know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I should just stop calling it work. Yeah. I don't get paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I also want to talk to you about. Um, but. Like where you do your uh, do what you do, and you meet your friends at the international mm -hmm. level, like mm -hmm. your son Joel and um, everybody else. And I remember my auntie at the end of it. Uh, she said, "I knew what you were doing. Like I know that you were like doing UN work, work for the people of, of Maluku. Mm -hmm. But now I get it. Now yeah. I get what you were <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, like so." Um, uh, remember the, the 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 side event that we did yeah. at the print forum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I had to leave early because they were only there for a couple of hours. So oh, they okay. so they had to go. They yeah, had yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah, so I, I went with them. Mm -hmm. So it's for me to me it's hard mm -hmm. um, to explain what we do um, so that everybody so that the person that, that yeah. uh, wants to know how uh, how what I do. So that they understand it mm -hmm. as they really like accurately understand it. Um, so yeah, it, it's <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes complex, and we have to repeat again and again. That's why I do with my family. Right. In the chat, we have a chat with the family, with all my brothers. I every morning I post. I'm going to work with our machete. Because for them, work means, you know, have a machete to go to work in the farm. Okay. But I don't, I don't have a machete. Or they always laugh, laugh and they said, laugh on me, because they said, how do you work without a machete? Impossible. You don't, you don't have to call that a work, because you sit in an office. I said it's a work. Well, my younger brother, he doesn't understand that. Mm -hmm. He believes that. Uh, um, 
you know, they shouldn't be paying me because I'm not using a machete. It's not physical work. Yeah, so so you work for CI, right? Yes. So, so how, how um, I'm, so you, you live in DC right now? I live in DC, yeah. I joined CI in 2009. Mm -hmm. So it's 10 years already, working with them. Actually, I was invited to work like three years, then extended, extended, and I'm 10 years. And I went with my family this time also. In 2000, I went with my family because my wife said, you are going to US, I'm coming with you. Okay, we have two kids. Because you met at an early age, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very young. I'm from the jungle, and in the jungle, we get married when, I, when we are 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. So when I was 20, the people said, hey, what's going on? Are you going to marry or what? 21, hey, Johnson, so I, I got a wife. <laughs> I had a girlfriend that said, all right, it's time to get married because otherwise in my community they are not happy. And also uh, I felt like I was too old when I was 21. So I, yeah, so that's that part. Well, anyway, in CI, um, Conservation International, I've been working 10 years and in the last four and a half years, working with a dedicated grant mechanism for indigenous peoples and local communities. So we have this funding to support 14 countries in, in the world, in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And I was, I was excited because, you know, sometimes you have a project with little funding, and this time we, we have funding to do things. And actually it was an upgrade of what I was doing on climate change, you know, organizing uh, workshops to prepare the people for the negotiations. And in this case, we do in the regions. And, and we started doing on climate change, then we have reduced a little bit, and doing on a specific topics they are interested in, in the region. For instance, sustainable forest management and, and uh, smart cocoa uh, farming, uh, climate smart cocoa farming, things like that, you know, where they are using traditional knowledge. So I'm focused on that, totally engaged on that process, and now trying to see how the dedicated grant mechanism work can bring the practices, the best practices into the platform. That's why I'm now uh, in this process really closely engaged and hopefully these guys in the future will be participating more closely and providing information mm -hmm. on, on what they are achieving using traditional and indigenous people's knowledge. Right. Yep. So that's my work there. All right. So how, how do you um, combine this, I assume it's a full-time, well, your mm. work actually with, with mm. the work that you do for your community. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, because to me it's, it's you're always on. Mm -hmm. Like the, the switch never goes off. No. Uh, so like how do you combine it? Like you, you work for a community, for your peoples, in relation to um, the CI work, and I would imagine your family as well, because yeah. you're also a family man. Yeah, I do have a family. Um, one of the complaints is my wife that, you know, because of travel, I travel a lot. But also she said that I knew this guy when he was also traveling in Ecuador. Because when I was in Ecuador working with the government, I used to work, work traveling in the country, organizing meetings for the minister and going here and there. So the whole life I've been traveling a lot in the country and out of the country. 
And yes, I'm trying to, you know, separate more time for my family because the kids are grown up now. And, and, and yes, I have my wife alone at home, so I need to spend more time with her there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a good experience. Uh, good experience because uh, my wife is not from my community, she's from the city. And, and we have different, oh, different interests. We don't have common interests in terms of, uh, you know, sports, food, completely different. Really? Yeah. Oh. We, but we managed to, to live together. For instance, I, as I told you, I grew up uh, eating fish. I can eat fish for weeks. I have no problem. Sure. Yeah. But she doesn't touch fish because it smells bad for right. her. When I'm at home, I clean the fish. And then she can help, but and she eats fish just because she needs, you know, to eat fish, and it's not because she likes. She likes it. That's one thing. Soccer. I love soccer because we play a lot. She hates soccer. Mm -hmm. But sometimes she goes with me to read the book there, and my brothers used to say, "Hey, why you are not watching the the game?" And she said, "I don't like the game." And that's why I brought this book to read this book here. She doesn't, you know, but she goes with me. So, but we managed to do, to, to understand each other. And, and yeah, we're having a good life with her. Yeah, because um, Joel, uh, I know your, 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 your son, uh -huh. uh, Joel, or Joel? Joel, Joel, yeah. Joel, is, how old is he now? Uh, he's 27. 27 already, yeah. so like you've yeah. been at least 27 years together, yeah. so that's. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and. Well, he's, um, he has been in the community and, and also with my family, and usually he goes there, you know, to, to visit my family. And he, that's interesting because um, he's basically my son. He is born in the capital and living in the United States. And but from the beginning, he considered himself as Quechua, mm -hmm. as indigenous. And my wife said that, but he's half. I said, well, yeah, but he said that he's Kichwa and, and it's okay with me. I'm proud because of that. And also, actually, he has some heritage in the community. So according to my culture, I don't know that's a good thing, but only the, the kids, not the girls, can inherit things in the community. And, and so he has something there now in the community. Right. Yeah. I have separated also for my my daughter because otherwise, <laughs> yeah, in the community it's okay if I don't give anything. But uh, outside, you know, she's saying that hmm, if you are giving something to my brother, I also should have something. I say, yeah, yeah, you do, you do have something there. So, um, yeah, that's the situation with them. I like that Joel wanted to focus on international relations, but at the end, he's also doing an international thing, but focusing also on indigenous issues. So I don't know how it's gonna go after that. No. But he... Did you finish? Uh, you finish your drinks? Something. <laughs> we're free, look. So, um, all right, so I hope you're, um, 
Joel, like he is now in based in the US. Yeah. That's what I Yeah, yeah, he's working on the uh, permanent firm. We're working with the firm right now, yeah. so like yeah. you must be very proud of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Since he got there like three years ago as a consultant. And the thing is he got the the diplomat uh, visa. Yeah, sure. Yeah? And and Always when he comes from the country, he goes through the line of the diplomats. And says, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to pay or would you like to get another one? No, I want to pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ready? I'm leaving. Tell me about, like, like, what is the most interesting experience you had, like, in at the UN? Interesting experience, interesting experience. Uh, I've been, well, it's interesting, but also um, something that I have learned in my life that this kind of processes takes a lot of time, long, long, long time. Uh, for instance, in, in, in the Americas, when I joined to this organization in 2000, we started also uh, um, organizing delegations of indigenous peoples to influence in the draft declaration of the rights of Indian peoples for the Americas. So I did that. But I was five years supporting that process. It advanced really slow. And just like two years ago, they adopted that, that declaration. That, when I joined there, it, was, it wasn't the beginning. They were like in the halfway negotiating that, that draft declaration. And it took a lot of time. And I'm, 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 I'm happy that at the end, that declaration is there, it's out there, adopted. But at the same time, you know, I was in a portion of that uh, work. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy that most of the things that we've been discussing in the past have been included. But it takes a lot of time. So I learned that international processes takes a lot of time. So I enjoy doing that, but I also feel like um, sometimes we need to have short-term goals and achieve those in the process. Otherwise, you know, personally you are frustrated because you do a lot in one year or two years and you don't get into the end because the process is still going on. So that's one, the declaration, the America declaration. Then also when I was working in Alliance, Amazon Alliance, working with you know, sitting together, indigenous peoples and, and NGOs together and there to talk about what they are going to do in the Amazon. That was amazing. And another thing is when you put it, you know, the f francophones with English speakers together to do in the same topic as uh, Latinos. For the Latinos, they were discussing for about six hours and still they wanted more time. And the, the you know English and the francophones, in 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 two hours done. But this guy six hours still they had the list of how, issues. How come? It's, it's, every time I, I go to a UN meeting, like that that's what happens. Oh, really? <laughs> like English speaking, French speaking, like they they're Great. done in like fifteen yeah. minutes. Spanish speaking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's cultural. I I yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. They want to make a, a list of hundred topics there. And then and discuss and discuss and discuss and they they don't end. So you have to force them to stop. Otherwise they will continue. 
non-stop. Um, that's one lesson. Then what else? Really, really, in the international world. Well, starting the climate change negotiation, right? I feel like this is this is something um, I've been from the beginning. Uh, sometimes Grace says that uh, Grace Balawak, she said that, you know, the um, the IP caucus, our participation started in 2010. I said, what? I was 10 years before organizing <laughs> meetings with 50 or 100 people in the negotiations in 2000 and not in 2010. 2010 it was, I think, um, uh, Hopenhagen. <laughs> that was the meeting. So I feel like, you know, she's not recognizing the rest of the work we have done. But then they joined in in 2010. Then then I realized, okay, they joined just there, uh, um, uh, nine years ago. Yeah, I was 19 years ago. Wow. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just to tag tag on to that, because if you started like in 2000, right? Mm -hmm. Um. You obviously or like you must have had some. A, a goal or an idea like what you want to achieve mm. now 19 years later like have you achieved it have you amended it or like have you yeah um, in 2000 we had the first meeting in Quito Ecuador it was in May 2000 and we said that the climate change decisions are affecting to indigenous peoples, because at that time they were talking about the afforestation, reforestation, and planting, you know, the um, areas in the highlands, and, and, and af that was afforestation, basically. Uh, so we wanted to send the message saying that they have to stop doing things like that, and Epic since that time was there, and we wanted to influence in the negotiations to the negotiators on, 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 on that. That was that was one thing. The second uh, objective was to include like a list of indigenous uh, demands in the negotiation and the recognition of indigenous people like constituency. So as you see now, you have you have that, and you have in the Paris Agreement the language there. And when we started in 2000, we had a, a sign saying that. Five million words, no single word on indigenous peoples speak them in our regular protests. And now I'm happy looking, you know, the progress of this. Um, I feel like we have achieved a lot. I recognize that. We're still missing a lot as well. But at least the, the parties, they have opened their eyes to see how we can contribute and respect the rights of our people right yeah um, yeah it's complicated for them I, they understand now they they really need indigenous peoples to face the climate climate change situation um, but they have still uh, the problems of um, in the countries because they own legislation sometimes they don't recognize indigenous peoples in many countries and that's one of the issues they are facing. But in general, I feel like I have achieved that. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, I, I used to say to my family that, you know, I'm still young, but if, if I die, I'm gonna, don't cry for me because I've achieved what I 
been trying to achieve in my life. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm, if I'm doing something, it's an extra that I'm doing. Because, you know, at the national level, I have supported a lot uh, in a couple institutions. And at international level, you know, this issue about 19 years on climate change issues and, and seeing now the language there. So I'm okay. We have to advance more, but, but for the goals that we set that time, yeah, we have achieved that. That's what I feel. Right. Yeah. Some, uh, Can I sit here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. a little bit. Like, yeah. So, you've been through a lot, has a lot of experience, um, sit with climate change mm -hmm. since 2000, seen everything. I, and talking about mentorship, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's like so. All right, let's hypothetically. Yeah. If you knew what you know now when you started, how would you have started this whole process within the United Nations? Like, again, again. Like, so, obviously, you have a lot of experience. And there's uh, some struggles. You have experienced a lot. Um, so, if you knew... If you knew what you know now, mm -hmm. wait, like when you, um, yeah. so how would you, how would you have started? Oh, okay. Because there's a lot of people out there yeah. that like, like indigenous and non-indigenous, right? Mm -hmm. um, they see the effects of climate change on their, in, their, in their communities. They want to make a difference. They want to participate at the international level, but don't know how. Mm -hmm. They see there's a meeting at the UNCCC and these people start engaging, but they don't know how. Oh, <clears throat> I think one of the key issues or messages that uh, was delivered by indigenous peoples in the Rio um, Rio, Rio plus 20? Plus, no, no. Oh, the Rio, first, the first Earth the Summit. First, yeah, the Earth Summit. Uh, the message was, we are here to contribute with our traditional knowledge, that the word, word in the use. Mm -hmm. and, and Marcus Terena said, are you ready to hear that? To, uh, to, ready to hear us? And if, if we, you know, from the beginning, um, come to say that this is what we have and this is how we want to contribute, maybe it's a big different story. The problem is that we started from, from victimizing ourselves, saying that we're affected by climate change, we're affected with your decision, we want to fight you. So fighting the government. So they were looking at us like a group just like prepared, organized to fight the government. So, how are you going to open the door someone is just trying to fight you, right? I understand that, you know, the issue of the, our, our lands and all of that, yeah. But, but the, the thing is, we were just planning to come, show up and fight against any decision they were taking. So we didn't come like with a proposal on how we want to do things, right? So I think that was a mistake. And that's why the platform I see it as, as important. Uh, because we can say this is what we are doing and you have to recognize one you have to provide funding and we can as you said scale up this 
So I think that is the right, right way to do, and we should do now having this big opportunity that we have now. And yeah, I like to protest as well, but that is not everything. It's good. Now, in after you know years, I recognize those organizations always protesting for whatever you know. If they somebody says something, they are protesting. In the past, I used to say I don't like those organizations, but they play their their role. It's fine. They climb the buildings and put the banner there. It's fine. It's it's their work. I'm not going to do that, but they do. They like to do that. It's fine. Um, remember in Ecuador that um, one organization used to climb the Ministry of uh, uh, Energy building to protest. The, after their protest, the leaders, I mean the minister wanted to talk to in, indigenous people, not with them, with the indigenous people. And we sit there to talk with the minister. But we didn't make anything. They, the other guys they, did the job. And they were happy with that, right? So that's why I respect when, whenever I see people protesting, I respect a lot because they are playing their role. I did when I was young, you know. Right. So, so yeah, I, I see, I see, I have that sense of awareness as well. Mm -hmm. That this is my where this where this is my strength, mm -hmm. and they have their strength. Mm -hmm. Actions, mm -hmm. you know, and, and poetry or press conference and mm -hmm. that. And this my strength is. Is, is doing the negotiations, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. you know, doing the doing the, the, the talking mm -hmm. with, the, with with states. Yeah, but the thing is, we don't have to block them. Let them no. go. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I but like what you I like what you said that that you, the victim role. Mm. Is, that's what I've been experiencing as well. And like I'm not experiencing, but seeing actually mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, far too often that. Whereas we can we can come from a place of strength, mm -hmm. we have our knowledge, we have our wisdom, we have our, our we have territory, we have a territory, a relationship with plant with the planet. Yet we come in with the victim role. Mm. How how come? Do you think? Is it is it colonization? Is it's, it is it, or is it something else? It's colonization. Also, also when. Some NGOs bring you here, they want you to say something from the victim, victim side. I, I am, I'm affected by this head of power building here. Not coming the other way saying that this is what should be done. No. You are building a road and that is affecting me, that's why I'm here. I'm against you. Stop building that road. Not if you build that road, this regulation must be put in place. Or this is not the right way, you should do this that road through here with this regulation. We are not saying that. I say no, we don't want any any road. So I believe that we've been used a lot. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So what's next for us? What is next for Indigenous peoples? Like we have a platform now. It's yeah. done and dusted. Work plan is on its way. Um, let's let's say this is what we are doing in Asia and Africa and Latin America, and we can we can uh, scale up this experience and and benefit uh, the interests of the of everybody, not just one country. 
that will make a lot of difference. I, I, I certainly believe that will make a lot of difference because it's the first time when the governments will evidence that you are doing something that is going to help their interests and everybody's interests. And it's, you know, part of the things that we are doing in our territories. Out of victimizing, doing something, providing something not to the government, obviously you have to talk about the benefits, right? If you are providing something, I need also to have some benefits. But that's, I think, what we need to do. And also come with, with ideas on how we see we should do things. Because we come here just to follow what they are doing already, what they are planning. We are just coming to their track and then trying to say something, move a little bit here, move a little bit there, that's it. We are not uh, uh, like giving the, the roadmap, the roadmap to, to go. Yeah, isn't that what's lacking with, with, our, with our movement? That's also what I, what I sense. Um, a vision, a roadmap. Like this is ultimately where we want to be. Mm -hmm. Like having articulated that, mm -hmm. so that you can like, actually reverse engineer mm -hmm. to the point where we are. For example, Hindu t Hindu um, spoke about um, Hindu Umaru Ibrahim mm -hmm. spoke about a vision for the platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but, but a lot of people said, well, uh, the the function of the platform is the vision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes and no. But I'm asking, like, shouldn't we have a vision for like in these people? Like, are, why are we are here? It's it, it, it's clear why we are here. Yeah. Like, why we are here at the UNFCCC? What we want to achieve is is there makes it. My question is like, makes it easier to have a vision. Yeah. At least I think so. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We should work on that, but not for a platform. We should work for the the whole thing have a vision of what we want. Because otherwise, what are you fighting for here? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. If we know what we want to achieve, then everybody will say, okay, let's do that. Not The platform is just one vehicle to get this. Right. We need to discuss that, but not just in the platform. No. Platform is, is, is a tool that we are using to get something else. Definitely, because I, I, I feel actually that, that we are Far too often, we are actually uh, our politics or the work that we do is in response yeah. to what the United Nations does, yeah. and not like that we have a long-term plan yeah. and use the system to our advantage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I think I think working on a vision would be <laughs> yeah. would be a very good thing, but not only at the climate change, but at large. Um, we both have to go. Like we both have other meetings after this, or like, mm. I don't know, do something. Um, any final thoughts? Like any, well, any advice for people, or like what you want to say? Um, well, um, perhaps we need to connect with a traditional local wisdom and the professional or or technical things that we are doing here, we need to connect that. You know why I'm saying this? It's because in my breakout group with the uh, knowledge chain, one of the chiefs from, chiefs from Canada, I think, he was inspired talking 
about the um, how how he see things. But storytelling, he was talking about story. There was a point where I was like, what are you talking about? We need to work one, two, three things that we want to do with this uh, this uh, function. But he was talking about yeah. Uh, in my group, this is how we understand. They had us on our and I felt like okay, you can... I, I, I needed to <laughs> connect with that uh, story that he was saying in order to see how I can, in the technical world, do things. We need to do that. Sometimes we are a little bit disconnected with those, that, that, that vision, that dream that they have. And we are just trying to live in the technical world that we have here in the climate change. One of the leaders from the Amazon told me once when I said, "Hey, this is happening," and 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 I think you should read the documents and and and, and make recommendations. He told me, Johnson, I, I didn't come here to write anything or here or take notes. You guys are for that. I'm going to speak. Tell me where I have to say something. And, and then you listen to me, and then you write. That's why you guys are here, he said. So again, I didn't understand very well. So that connection from the local leaders to the technical part, we need to connect, strengthen that, that right. relation. Amplify the local yeah. message yeah. and not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah. Let's go back to work. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed documenting the work. Um, so please subscribe to this podcast and share it. And if you want to continue the conversation, you can drop me a line on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And let me know what you think. Have a great day.